Welcome everybody to our second episode of this podcast and today I've got a really 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 special guest with me and and it's 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 like um the the reason I started this podcast is to get conversations like these and meet such great people uh like we have today and uh he is his name is Damien Joseph and he is uh the host of uh one of the top 5% uh podcasts in the world uh called the next generation podcast and it helps you to get uh to become the next the better iteration of yourself that's what i feel it is right yeah mm-hmm. and so how do you feel coming here david <laughs> um honestly it's as i kind of mentioned before like it it's an absolute pleasure just to be able to connect with some of the people that have been showing us so much love and support on our own journey through the mm-hmm. the podcast world we've come a long way and as i kind of mentioned to you before we still have this perception that you know it's maybe like five people listening to our podcast um even though it's grown so much now but it's it's hard to think or it's hard to even conceive that we've even got to a point where you know other people are starting podcasts based on the inspiration that we've gotten uh, on the inspiration that we've been able to provide through our own so i'm just I'm grateful that our voice has been able to provide such value for people such as yourself. So thank you for for the yeah. kind words. Thank you, thank you very much. And I definitely recommend all our listeners to follow uh Damien and Fuad on their podcast. It's it's life-changing. I mean, it has changed my perception to everything. Yeah. So 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 before we uh dive into the topic of today's episode, I would like to ask you a question. Um I asked this to I asked this to the guest of my first episode as well. So so it's like um it's like how your podcast starts with quotes. I I start with this. Yeah. So yeah. So it's like um who do you think uh, Damien Joseph is? So is this kind of like the the interview question like tell me about yourself or no, is this No, uh, uh, yeah, people people perceive it like that, but I want to know mm. the perception about you, uh, what you feel about yourself. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess let me start off by saying um, one lesson that I've been really trying to embody recently um, that I've learned from others along the way is that, you know, you will always have these visions and aspirations for yourself <clears throat> in terms of how you want to grow uh, towards the future. And it's incredibly important to have those, uh, those aspirations. However, along the way, you know, it's hard, it's easy to lose sight of yourself. You start to lose sight of the present moment and all your, you basically just end up living in the future and that can cause a lot of anxiety, you know, like you're disregarding your own present day health um, and it's, it can cause complications along the way and make that journey a little bit more difficult and a little less enjoyable sometimes than it needs to be. So one thing that I've been really intentional on trying to do is while you're working towards the future find contentment in the present right like tell yourself that you're still working towards who you want to be and yeah you know sure you might have a long way to go to get to that goal but right now you are you are you know valuable you are brilliant uh just the way you are and have some gratitude for that um i think it just allows that journey to become a lot more fulfilling because you're taking stock of where you are every step of the way along that journey so 
it allows you to refocus yourself, you know, like reflection is really good with this um, as well, uh, because it makes sure that whatever it is that you're doing, you're being intentional about it every step of the way. And it's not like, oh, this is some goal I set for myself like last year or like five years ago. And I'm still aimlessly kind of working towards it just because I'm stubborn or I just set this for myself back then. But it is completely okay to, you know, pivot along the way because you learn more about yourself and you grow and you evolve as an individual. You know, you reach that next iteration of yourself as an individual as you're exposed to these ideas and habits and strategies and frameworks that you learn from other people or from other resources. So I think right now I am someone who still has a lot of work towards getting to where they really want to be and who they see as their quote unquote ideal version of themselves. But I think I'm just, at the end of the day, a student, and I use that word very loosely, like not literally just like a student in, in an academic institution, but, you know, a student of life. Like there, I learn a shit ton of lessons every day as I'm going through, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, my bad. But, okay, um, right. uh, I, you know, I learn so much every day, thanks to the people that I surround myself with and keeping an open heart and an open mind to those things is has been in, invaluable towards shaping my growth so far and towards the future as well um so i guess if i were to sum it up in one word like i really am just a student uh, among other things uh, i i'm nothing you know crazy or grandiose like that uh, i'm just trying to maintain humility throughout uh, i guess my journey and just learn as much as possible yeah i i really like that uh, the reason i asked this question is because I, I believe that uh, we don't think uh, the way, like we don't perceive ourselves truly. We perceive ourselves like what we think like we are those who others think we are. We don't mm-hmm. think, yeah. So I want, yeah, I want our this, listeners. Uh, yeah, I want our listeners. Is... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, 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 go ahead, go ahead. And I was just going to say, there's this uh, quote, I, I can't remember who it's from, but uh, it goes, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. And we allow that perception of how other people view us to kind of shape our own identity. So yeah. that, I mean, it, it ties back to trying to be intentional about living your life. If all your self-identity and your self-worth is hinged on others' perceptions of you, that's going to be a really difficult life to live because that's not your life at the end of the day. You're letting other people craft your own vision for yourself for you yeah i guess i guess it's this guy who said this yeah i don't know if it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, i heard it from yeah. uh uh shoot what's his uh, name uh, jay shetty jay shetty yeah i heard it yeah. on his i think podcast the first yeah. time but he's quoting something yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah uh so yeah i want i wanted to like uh like allow my listeners to change their perception about themselves so so now uh when we dive into stoicism um so I have like got this bunch of quotes instead of asking you what stoicism is and you vaguely describing it. Um, I've got this bunch of quotes from Epictetus and Seneca. Mm-hmm. And I believe if we, if we dive deep into these, we would come up with the definition of stoicism again. Yeah, right? I love that. Yeah. So, so the first quote goes like Epictetus, it's by Epictetus, uh, happiness and freedom begin with a clear understanding of one principle. Some things are within our control and some things are not. Um, I guess uh, this is somewhat related to dichotomy of control. Um, mm. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's one of the foundational principles of stoicism, right? To understand, like, what it is, what is in your control and what isn't. Um, for many of us today, it's easy for every, like, minor inconvenience to really just stress us out. We end up a ball of anxiety because of it, and it completely throws us off of equilibrium. So what one of the teachings of stoicism there is, if you really think critically on what the problem at hand is, and reflect on the, the nature of the problem. If it's within your control, then there's no reason to stress about it, right? Because you already know there's something that you can do to address the problem. If it's out of your control and there's nothing that you can do about it, then why stress about it, right? Because the outcome will be there regardless of your own uh, like perceptions or how you feel about the event. So might as well just relinquish and absolve yourself of any guilt or stress surrounding that. Um, and just try and figure out then at that point, how can you either mitigate or how can you best pivot the circumstance to bounce back from that? Um, it's easy for that, that flurry of emotions to cloud your judgment. So by taking that stance, it allows you to re remain and uh, it allows you to maintain the sense of equanimity so that you can tackle the problem with a sound state of mind. Yeah, so I guess this 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 fits with the example of a content creator. Um, he creates the content which he thinks is the best, and then uh, he doesn't care about the views. He doesn't care about the likes. Mm. He cares about he cares about the content that he's creating. Yeah, so that's like a good example. Uh, so I was like, uh, I found this very fascinating uh, stoicism. The presence of like stoicism even in Bhagavad Gita. So I've been reading this mm -hmm. uh, Bhagavad Gita for for past two years. I, I don't understand much, but then yeah, <laughs> I try to get the English translation to understand some of the stuff, right? So so I understood one of these phrases from Lord Krishna to Arjuna. He says that everything comes and goes in life. Happiness and unhappiness are temporary experiences that arise from sense of perception. Heat cold and pleasure and pain will come and go. They will never last forever. So do not attach to them. We have no control over them. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of uh, this. I think it's, it's a Buddhist principle um, that I'm recalling here, but it's uh, desire is a contract that we forge with ourselves to be unhappy until we attain that object of our desire. Um, and then there's so many other ways that this translates into other aspects of our life, right? Um, even when it comes being attached to certain feelings about life, um, you know, we always want to chase that those good feelings and run away from the bad feelings. And we unintentionally then um, kind of shackle ourselves to those whims. And, you know, I, like one thing I was thinking about is not to dive into like the whole free will debate, right? But like assuming we have free will, if you are shackled to your whims and to your vices like that you know like greed overwhelms you and every like lust overwhelms you things like this do you really have free will if every single time 10 times out of 10 you're falling prey to those vices you know like you go out to the casino with your friends just to have a good time but you end up sinking like 500 to 1000 dollars like just these inordinate sums of money that you can't afford just because you're unable to control yourself. Is that really free will? Like you might tell yourself like, oh, I made the active choice just to put that money down and take those risks. But it sounds like there's something more at play there. It sounds like you're actually 
uh, you're actually like prisoner to these intentions, to these uh, impulses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really deep. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this another quote by Epictetus. Um, it's not events that disturb people, it's their judgments concerning them. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, go on. It ties back to the thing before. I'm not who I think I am. I'm who yeah. I think I am. Yeah. And like the fear of judgment is a paralytic um, for many people. Even like you mentioned the content creator before, um, a lot of people don't take that first step to put their first piece of content out because their fear of judgment. Because of that fear of judgment, they think that oh, people aren't going to like this. Um, people you know like this isn't held up to a certain standard people are gonna they're gonna think i'm dumb people aren't gonna care what i say like blah 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 and because of all of these narratives that you kind of form in your mind before like any of this even happens like you don't even have a chance to validate if that's the case um that fear of judgment will paralyze people and in so many other things in life right like there's so many things in life people want to do that make them happy but Maybe it's because they're in a social context, they're around other people, or because other people are watching, um, like virtually or by some means, they forego that <clears throat> that choice that they really want to make, like the thing that they really want to do that would make them happy, because they're scared of what other people think. And for like many of us brown boys out there, right? Like our parents, you know, like our parents really like they want the best for us. Don't get me wrong, and like I'm grateful for the sacrifices that they've made, but. There are a lot of times where even when it comes to career path, right? Like a lot of brown boys are growing up, like uh, hearing every single day from the parents, okay, you're going to grow up, you're going to become a doctor, you're going to make lots of money, you're going to take care of us, blah, blah, blah. And for, I don't know about many of us, but like for a good, a good sum of us, like, you know, not everybody wants to become a doctor. And like, there are other alternate career paths that we want to do. But because of that fear of judgment from our parents, like what they would say, or even, you know, from the extended family, yeah, like, you know, brown families love gossiping or just, I was like Asian families love gossiping. Um, that fear of judgment, again, like it's, it's a thief of, a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, this is something that stops from us being productive. Um, I had, I had, lo- I had uh, like heard of this two minutes rule. It's like, you start doing something for two minutes, even if you don't think, and and just, just don't think about that judgment thing, uh, others being judgmental and judging your work. Just think that you are the one who's creating and you are the only one who's going to watch this or see this and just start doing it for two minutes. You will see that you have stretched it for three hours and you have completed it, everything. Mm-hmm. And you're being more, more productive because, because that's the thing uh, that's making you happy, but then you're not doing it because you are thinking about what others might think about, that, about you. Mm-hmm. I would slightly challenge that. I think the two-minute rule mm-hmm. isn't necessarily for fear of judgment. It's more so to address the fact right. that a lot of people are lazy. Oh. Uh, yeah, because like we can tend to make mountains out of molehills. And you know, it, it ends up being like a task that we put off for like a month, only ended up taking in a, us an hour to do. So if we did it just right away, um, yeah. we wouldn't have had to deal with that anxiety of keeping that pending task in the back of our minds the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's correct. So uh, we move on to the next quote. Uh, it's by Seneca, and he says, we suffer more in imagination than in reality. Mm-hmm. I guess this is the same thing that we had just discussed about uh, imagining stuff 
and that's not going to be true. Uh, but then there's this another thing that another question that I had. Uh, most people say that uh, we should be prepared for our future. We should not. Um, we should not be lazy. We should. We should like like for example this pandemic when people started uh, uh, like when government started closing everything, people started rushing and packing their houses with foods or mm. supplies. So that's what uh, people perceive that, yeah, there's going to be a lockdown, malls might and shops might be closed. So better take action now than regret in the future. So then they were thinking about the future. So, so that's what the question I had. Uh, there are some who say, don't think about the future, live in the present, or I'm not sure if I'm phrasing it right. And there are some who say that future is where you should like think about yourself to be. So what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the thing about that is it's important not to live in the future, but you 100% still should prepare for it. Um, because if you don't do that, then you're not being intentional in, a, in how you live life. And if you're just going through it your entire life without a map for yourself, then somebody else is going to be kind of doing that for you, right? Like you're going to be, it, it's kind of like with school, um, you know, as you're growing up through life, you are on this set of rails, you're on a cart on a set of rails, and literally all you have to do is sit there and then you're going to be progressing through the entirety of your academic journey, right? And eventually you reach graduation and then you're out into the real world. And there's a similar, almost like invisible set of rails after that, which you can choose to get off, you know, and like you can, you can like hoof it to your own just destination, however you see fit. But if not, you know, it's either going to be your parents that are going to be pressuring you to get to get a job, your partner that's going to be pressuring you to get, get a job. Um, you're not going to have any time for your own hobbies because you're not going to be as motivated to go and find them, right? Like certain things you have to actively think about and consider before you take that first step um, because you have to learn more about it first, right? Um, it, some things may be esoteric and it's not until you take those first couple steps to um, kind of do some exploration there, you'll even find that thing. So if you're not intentional, if you're not considering how the future is how you want your future to look for you, then you're you're living a very unfulfilling life at the end of the day. Like I think that, and that that's the the only thing that really needs to be said out of it, because um, like you're prioritizing other people's goals for you over your own goals for yourself. Yeah, that's great. And I guess uh, the other quote stands for this. Uh, it's Westinaka, and he says, "If you would." Not have a man flinch when the crisis comes. Uh, train him before it comes. Oh. Mm, yeah, I, I think ties in the same kind of idea as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's this another quote by Epictetus, and he says, uh, "When you are alone, you should call this condition tranquility and freedom, and think of yourself like the gods." And when you are with many, you shouldn't call it a crowd or trouble or uneasiness, but contentedly accept it. So I don't get the meaning of this, right? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Yeah, sure. When you are alone, you should call this condition tranquility and freedom and think of yourself like the gods. 
And when you are with many, you shouldn't call it a crowd or a trouble or uneasiness, but contentedly accept it. Mm. So I'm not sure if this is what the intended meaning behind that saying is, but the way I'm interpreting mm. is, um, especially in today's age where we're surrounded by a plethora of distractions and we're endlessly hypervigilant because of you know constant stream of notifications going off on our phones and whatnot, many of us forget to, I guess, learn. Uh, many of us forget to learn more about ourselves and understand ourselves better and, you know, fall in love with ourselves. You have an entire universe inside of you. And, you know, I guess that is the, the, that's that divine aspect to each individual, right? You, uh, the, the way I, I like, you, you are literally made from star stuff, like those brilliant dancing orbs of like burning gas in the sky that you see literally a massive one exploded. And then, the atoms that comprise it reforged to form you. There is this divine element to each of us. And there's so much that we can each accomplish should we get to, or should we have the audacity to even get to that point, right? And once you start to learn more about yourself, you start to realize more about how intricate and how complex you are as an individual. You have these dreams and these desires and these ambitions that until you start learning more about yourself, you would never have known about, right? Which is kind of like a weird thing, right? It's almost like this third person engagement with ourselves. Um, and it ties back to like the nature of mind. This is like kind of going off on a bit of a tangent, but you know, when it, when you think about the nature of thought as well, and you're just going about your day and a thought pops into your head, was it you that architected that thought? Like, were you the one that intentionally tried to think that thought or did it just kind of pop up in your head? Right. And like, even if you're, yeah. yeah and even if yeah. you're listening now, like, and a thought pops in your head, are you ever the architect of those thoughts? If not, then who? Right. And that's this, this mystical kind of concept to it. So there is almost this like third person engagement that we have with ourselves. And it's in doing more and experiencing more in life and in learning more about what life has to offer that we start to feed and nurture that kind of like that third person within us that that second person with us whatever um and then our thoughts start to you know evolve in tune with that right it incorporates it assimilates and it grows and evolves and it reaches like it iterates closer to the best version of itself um and i think that's kind of that first part of it within the group I'm not exactly sure. So like finding contentment there. I don't know if it's talking about some of the things we mentioned before where, you know, there's like the fear of judgment. Um, We can tend to let our ego cloud our interactions with other people because, for example, um, I'll take my own experience right with the podcast. We've interviewed a bunch of incredibly accomplished people. Uh, They are brilliant, um, really intelligent people, right? When I first started, and I'll be completely honest here. You know, sometimes I felt like I had something to prove because these people were so intelligent that I needed them to see me as smart as well. And at that point, you're letting your ego take your place within the conversation. You're in that conversation just because you want to be able to say something, right? You're not, you're not really listening to what's being said. You're waiting for your turn to speak. And there's this 
this this uh this like desire i guess like i don't, I don't want to say like i have this word in my head but like it's, it's not really an eloquent way of saying it but yeah there's this like constant act of comparison that you're engaging in and um it it completely robs you of any kind of value that you can gain out of the conversation like that um because again you're only trying to impress them they don't really care right like they're just in that conversation have fun and um once you relinquish that ego though, and it's something that took me a little bit of a little bit of time to learn, conversations take on a whole different flavor, right? Like your interactions with other people, once you remove your ego, once you remove yourself out of that conversation, all that's left is that other person. And if you are fully present there and really listening to what is what they're being what they're saying, there's so much that you can take from them, right? And similar to how I mentioned before that we all have a life like you and I have a life that is as like, that is intricate and complex and so deep. So too do all the other people that you see when you're walking down the street. Right. And it's so easy to look at them and think like, Oh, that's just some random side character. Um, You know, nobody really cares about them. Like who is that person? But it's same thing for them, right? They're sharing these crazy stories as they go through life. So once you're able to remove that ego out of the question, out of the conversation, then you're able to get so much more value out of the conversation and they're able to get so much more value out of the conversation as well. Right. Because you're not asking and answering questions out of this need to be seen. You're only asking it out of curiosity. You're asking it out of compassion and love. Um, and that's why it's so important to learn that that ego has no place in a conversation like that or in life. Like it's, it's just a defensive, it's just a defense mechanism. And, you know, to, in today's day, um, it it uh, it goes back to what I mentioned to you on LinkedIn too when we were chatting, right? The highest form here is confidence without arrogance and humility without insecurity, and the ego is that rate determining step getting to that point um, because it's usually that's what leads to arrogance. Um, but once you relinquish the ego and you build this sense of confidence, you build this sense of humility. If you can reach an equilibrium between the two, then you are going to be. You're going to be charismatic. People are going to love you and you're going to experience so much more out of life. I promise you that. Because mm-hmm. that's eye-opening. <laughs> I'm bending <laughs> everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess whenever you are in the in such a conversation or or that's what people say, uh, you, should, you should always be learning. So whenever you're learning, uh, just being curious, doesn't help i feel you you should place yourself below the person who's teaching so so even if you know more than that guy even if he's uh, more than that guy in any other subject or any other domain but in that particular domain um, even if you know like close to that uh, close to him that knowledge close to him or even above him but you are there to learn and he might have uh, another perception about that concept and you might have another one. So to get that perception of, of the concept, what he's trying to explain, you have to place your ego behind and become curious and become humble in front of him and mm-hmm. go on. Yeah. So, so there's, this, uh, there's this new concept by Kapil Gupta. Uh, I, had, I had heard him saying in one of his podcasts, and he says that everyone's, paths to to greatness he doesn't use the word success he says success is 
is is like where you stop learning, where you stop growing. So he thinks success is something bad. So so he says that instead of success, he uses greatness. The word greatness. He says, uh, yeah. So so he says that uh, for a person to reach greatness, uh, he should create his own path. He should not create uh, take the pres- prescriptions of others. So he's, he uses this word prescription. And he says that uh, many people in this world are are looking for prescriptions, how to how to reach here, how to become a software engineer, how to uh, start coding, how to uh, drive a car or whatever. But then mm-hmm. until unless you you go into that boat of of applying stuff on your own um, and creating your own path of learning, then uh, you will reach greatness or otherwise you would be okay with it, but you won't reach greatness. Mm-hmm. And he says that many, many of the people are there uh, providing these prescriptions and they're lying because he says uh, that he gives this example of Warren Buffett. He says that if Warren Buffett creates his own prescription and then relives his life, like he, he goes back into his life and taking that prescription of his and he, and he uh, uh, follows that prescription religiously, step by step, every day, whatever he did, every hour, whatever he did. He wouldn't become successful as he is right now. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know if I fully agree with that. Like, there are some elements mm-hmm. of that that ring true, for sure. And, like, part of mm-hmm. it's because, you know, there's the constantly evolving landscape, right? Especially in industries like... Um, like tech that are just rapidly evolving. But I think it ties back to what Naval Ravikant um, has titled, I think he calls it specific knowledge, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like this idea that, you know, your own experiences help mold you and uh, craft your mindset around certain things, right? And it builds up this, this tacit knowledge base that you're able to tap into such that if you were, if somebody were to strip you of all your wealth and your status and uh, uh, any of your assets today, and you had to start all over, that tacit knowledge, that specific knowledge you gain, would allow you to rebuild your your kingdom, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's because you know this specific knowledge is something that cannot be taught. It's something that can only come from experience, and by virtue of that you know, the, the, the prescriptions you mentioned, right? Those are the things that can be taught to others. And because of that, you can find somebody that does it better than you can, which makes it not unique to yourself. The specific knowledge, however, that's only because you've built your experiences and lived life the way that you have, that you're able to embody these this specific knowledge, however you do, in whatever knowledge domain that you operate in. And because of that, if not, if Warren Buffett were to start over today, I think he would still crush it. Like he knows yeah. how the world, this financial world works. Um, he's still like, despite his age, he's a brilliant guy, right? Like he's constantly reading and brushing up on his knowledge. He's surrounded by like some of the greatest minds um, in the world, like on a day-to-day basis. And because of that, like you're telling me that none that that's worth absolutely nothing that he, right now he's just resting on his laurels and riding the, you know, just the, the, the winds of his previous success, like, no, 
he's he would be able to build that back up. He knows how to find the people that can get him to where he needs to be. He knows how to position himself in ways that can get him that can give him the most amount of leverage to be successful. So I think if he's if um, uh, Kapil is talking about this through the, the prescription lens, one hundred percent, like that is not a recipe to success because those prescriptions mean that anybody that finds a prescription can do the same thing. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so, yeah, it just just blanks off everything, <laughs> and uh, just so good uh, these conversations. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we were with the stoicism right now, and so, uh, so you were talking about uh, the your in your podcast about Marcus Aurelius and and his writings. Could you could you explain more on that? Uh, so the reason why and the the specific book is um, it's titled Meditations. Um, which is essentially just a, it was supposed to be a private journal of, you know, who, someone who was at that time, the, the, the most powerful man on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that element of it being, or it was intended to be only like a private thing, right? It was just for his eyes. That makes this such an intimate and interesting and incredibly unique read. Uh, because for any other piece of literature, pretty much, uh, other than like, and Frank's journal or whatever, right? Other than some of these other journals, these were meant for like those pieces of literature were meant for the public. They were meant for the public eye. So they inherently adopted this different, this different, uh, these different nuances, I suppose, that make it more permissible, make it more fitting for the public eye and something that would allow the, allow it to garner more favor um, within the public eye. But for this, there was no, there was no intention of trying to architect it in a way that's flashy or it reads well, or, you know, people will think I'm smart or any of these things. Right. And these are literally the, the musings of the, the, the most powerful man on earth. So what do his thoughts look like at that point? Someone who has the entire world in the palm of his hands, basically. And, it's so fascinating how Marcus Aurelius, as a Stoic, was able to maintain such humility, such uh, such prescience, and such a maintain the sense of being so down to earth despite all of that. Right? It's so like we've seen many dictators or like many prolific leaders in the past who let all that power and status and fame get to their heads. They act like they're gods, but Marcus Aurelius knew his position. He knew that the only reason he's there is because he was meant to serve the people. So there are a bunch of different teachings that he reflects on throughout meditations. Um, And it's for anyone that's interested in stoicism, it's 100% mandatory reading. Um, Because if like, even if you're not interested in stoicism, it is just such a fascinating look into the mind of Marcus Aurelius. Um, He opens the book with this little exercise that I think is actually really useful for everybody. And uh, that is, uh, it's titled Deaths on Lessons. And he's reflecting on what are the things that I've learned from the people closest to me in life? Um, what are the, the things they've taught me? How have they blessed me in some way? Like what reasons do I have to be grateful for them? And I don't think this is something many of us do. 
right? Like we know, like we're, we're grateful for our friends, whatever. We're grateful for our family because they're in our lives. But how many of us really take the time to think about why exactly is that the case? Not many of us, right? And once you start to do that, though, I think it takes on like your the gratitude that you have for these people takes on this completely new flair because now you understand exactly why you're grateful for them. You understand what exactly that you're taking from them and you can appreciate them more for it too. Um, Cause otherwise it's the same thing with your goals, right? If you're, if you don't really take the time to think critically about your goals and it's just this ephemeral thing that's floating around in the back of your head, like, Oh, I know I want to start working out and whatever. Like, I guess I'll do it sometime. It's not until you start critically thinking about, okay, I, I want to start working out. I want to start losing weight. Like, what do I have to do to get there? And you set those concrete steps, right? Um, by doing that, you know, you can point your fingers exactly to where the, the true nature of gratitude uh, has reason to spring up um, in, your, in your relationships with other people. Um, so I think that's a beautiful thing. But the rest of the book, again, like it just goes through the, the lessons he's learned, some of the, the trials and tribulations that he faces. And it's just for, for us, you know, as, as these peasants, not peasants, but like, you know, regular, regular people, um, our lives can be pretty mundane sometimes, but even still, it's interesting to see how the lessons that he's gleaned as an emperor are still translatable to our lives, even though times have changed dramatically. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite fascinating. Like, like all these writings and like Bhagavad Gita that I mentioned, all these are written like way, way behind, mm-hmm. way earlier, and and they still hold. They don't change. It's still true. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so for uh, that's 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 a lot to absorb for me as well as for the listeners. But so so like yeah, I just I just have this much for the podcast and for this episode and. Really grateful for you to join join in, and I, I really want to like meet you in person, if if it's possible, <laughs> and you and Fuad, uh, sure. Um, are, are anything you, you would? Canada? Yeah, I'm in Canada. Yeah, I'm in Hamilton. I'm in Hamilton. I'm in the resident. Uh, oh, very interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see if we can find a time. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So, anything you want to say by closing this? episode um just you know find a reason to be grateful every day mm-hmm. remember yeah. like life is what happens um, while you're focused on your goals right like don't yeah. forget to take stock of the present don't forget to actually live your life um there's just too much beauty in it yeah to just to forego and you know like obsess over your career and uh don't forget to check out the next iteration podcast of course yeah obviously yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, David, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you so much.